Podiums, an audio exploration of climbing World Cups from previous years and previous eras. I'm your host, John Bergman. I'm glad you're here. Let's talk some comp climbing. Welcome back to Past Podiums, and welcome into a new World Cup year. We're starting a new season, which will be the 2016 Boulder season for the IFSC. This is a monumental year, 2016, hugely historic for reasons that are technically separate from the World Cup circuit, but indelibly tied to it which is that this year was the year that climbing was announced as an Olympic sport, with the plan being for climbing, or sport climbing as it was labeled, to be included in the eventual 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And as part of that, I pulled up the the official announcement here. This was written by, this is posted on Climbing Magazine, written by a good buddy of mine, Kevin Corrigan, and it is dated from 2016. Title is, Climbing Officially Approved for the 2020 Olympics. And it reads, It's official. Climbers will compete for gold in the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. Today, the International Olympic Committee approved a package of new events, including baseball, softball, karate, skateboarding, climbing, and surfing. The decision was based on a desire to appeal to a young audience. Quote, We want to take sport to the youth, said IOC President Thomas Bach. Quote, with the many options that young people have, we cannot expect any more that they will come automatically to us. We have got to go to them. The article continues, the climbing event will include three disciplines, sport, bouldering, and speed. 40 climbers, 20 men and 20 women, will compete over four days, and the medalists will be chosen based on the combined results for all three disciplines. The International Federation of Sport Climbing has been pushing to put climbing in the Olympics for years. The sport was initially considered but then passed over for the Tokyo Games in a 2013 decision. Climbing got a second chance when a new program allowed the host country to propose sports with broad local and international appeal. Climbing was included on the original list of 26 sports that applied and then made each cut as the group was whittled down to the final remaining five that have been added to the games. So there's a little more to the article, but that's the gist of it. Now, as that article (laughs) points out, this whole journey for climbing would end up, the Olympic journey would end up being a matter of great twists and turns and discussion and surprises. First and foremost, the format itself with speed, boulder, and lead being contested together in succession and the competitor's place in each discipline being multiplied for a final score. Beyond all that, though, panning out, the the entire 2020 Olympics ended up being full of twists and turns, too. And I don't mean to make light of that, but it it was eventually uh, postponed until the summer of 2021, even though uh, the, the footnote is that it was still called the 2020 Olympics. Um, so 
All that is to say, going back to the original point, 2016, that's when this announcement is made that climbing is going to be in the eventual 2020 Olympics. Hugely important, not only for this 2016 season that we're going to talk about, but also just important for the history of competition climbing. Beyond that, though, I think that's really a discussion for a different day about climbing in the Olympics, because the Olympics don't really have any bearing on the World Cup circuit directly or even indirectly for several years following this 2016 announcement. So we'll just mention that up top. This is the year that climbing was announced, and now we will we will move on to the actual 2016 Boulder Circuit. With that, today we are going to start with the first World Cup of that season. It's in Meiringen, Switzerland. April 16th, 2016 was the date for the final round. Actually, side note here, the Olympic announcement was still several months away at this point. The, the announcement wasn't made until early August, and, and it, we're still in mid-April. But we'll continue. Let's go back in time. Imagine, it's mid-April, it's 2016, we're in the Swiss Alps. Let's start the Boulder season. The final round begins, and right away we see something else that makes this 2016 season memorable and historic it's charlie bosco on commentary someone that is probably a little more familiar to fans of the more modern ifsc world cups maybe more familiar than johnny brown or daniel finn or some of the other people that we've seen behind the microphone charlie bosco is sitting in the booth alongside fanny g bear and they give us a nice overview of Meiringen. They note that it has 5,000 residents and that it's also the location where Sherlock Holmes died. Of course, that's, that's fiction. But as Charlie Bosco says, quote, a good bit of trivia for you. And it is. It's a nice way to start out the live stream. We then see the climbing walls and we see the competitors checking out the, the boulders, doing their preview, their observation of the blocks. So let's go through the finalists here. The six finalists in the men's division are Martin Stranick of the Czech Republic, Jorg Verhoeven of the Netherlands, Jakob Schubert of Austria, Alexei Rubstov of Russia, Alban Levier of France, and Tyler Landman of Great Britain. The six finalists in the women's division are, <laughs> wait for this, a surprise at the end, uh, Shauna Coxie of Great Britain and Megan Mascarenas of the USA, both of whom finished really strong at the end of the previous season. Akio Noguchi of Japan has to be considered a perennial favorite for a podium at any competition at this point. Clementine Kaiser of France, Melissa Leneve also of France, and here's the surprise, the sixth finalist in the women's division is Janja Garnbrett of Slovenia. Whew. Huge. Another another aspect that makes this 2016 season, or, or in this case, this, this competition in Meiringen, historic. It's wor also worth noting that everyone is calling her Janja Garnbrey at this point. So she was so new to the circuit and so new to, to the 
kind of the upper echelon that there wasn't even any consensus about the proper pronunciation of her, her last name. Beyond those finalists, though, another thing that is worth mentioning, and it's really noticeable here, is that the production of the live stream really has seemed to really seems to have taken a level up from previous seasons. Obviously, we have Charlie Bosco in the booth, and so we'll see as these competitions progress, he becomes more of a mainstay commentator commentator for all events, uh, more of a stable presence, so to speak. But even just the the opening that he gives us and the preamble that he has with Fanny G. Bear, we've seen in previous seasons that sometimes it takes half hour, literally, or more for the actual climbing to start. That is not the case here. Less than 10 minutes into things, and we already get our first competitors out to climb. So there's really just far less time wasted at the top of this broadcast. And and with that, let's go to the boulders. Boulder 1, for the men, it's an arete problem, or at least it's an arete problem at the start. They, they can use the arete to they lean on it, and they put a tow hook on it, and then they're able to move leftward on some slopey pinches. Only a couple tops on this one. Jorg Verhoeven and Alexei Rubstov. It's a good little boulder, uh, cromulent at least, in giving us some initial separation in the men's field. For the women, their boulder involves pulling onto the wall beneath a, a roof. It's kind of a mini roof. And then they go up and over the lip of the roof, and then there are some cheetah prism-shaped volumes to the top. Shauna Coxie gets up this boulder in a few attempts. Melissa Leneve gets up at two. Um, actually, Melissa Leneve flashes it, and most of the other women struggle to even get to the zone. Uh, interestingly here, the zone hold itself is actually right beneath the top hold, so it's a really high zone hold on this block. I'm, I'm not sure why the route setters didn't put it a little lower, especially because the boulder does have that roof sequence. It could have stuck a stuck the zone nearer to the lip or something like that. But anyway, not a lot of tops or zones on this boulder to start things for the women. It's it is worth mentioning Yanya Garnbrett here, since we talked about her a little in the in the opening. She doesn't get to the topper zone, but Charlie Bosco notes her quote in, incredible poise, and it is pretty incredible to watch Yanya climb considering she's only 17 years old at this time she doesn't seem rattled by the pressure or the magnitude of this being her first ever boulder finals at one point she's actually she's on the boulder and she's chalking up she's trying to find the proper foot placement and hand placement so she can get up and over that the lip she's just chilling there on the wall as she tries to suss out the beta. And I think that this really indicates her her training and her mindset at this point in her career. She's really more of a lead climber still because I think a, a tried and th- true boulderer would probably do all that sussing out of the beta f- from the mats. He, he or she would, would not 
hang there on the wall and really try to just try different stuff because it's you're really using up a lot of energy there. But being a lead climber at this time, mainly a lead climber, Yanya undoubtedly has the endurance to do that. So I think watching Yanya transition from being exclusively lead-minded to having more of a bolder mentality will be a, a really fun thing to observe, a fun transition that we can watch for in the coming events. Aside from that, it's evident even this quickly into Charlie Bosco's tenure on commentary that he has a real ease, for lack of a better word, behind the mic. He does a really nice job of just chatting, conversing with Fanny G. Bear, but getting Fanny to, to give some really good information, some insight from her own competition experience. For example, Charlie asks her at one point what it's like going first in a round compared to going last and whether there's any preference or advantage to either position. Charlie's just, he's, he's just got really good pacing and flow to his commentary. And he, at one point he does include a, a neat little anecdote about he remembers when he was climbing at an indoor wall in Liverpool about a decade prior to this final round, and he saw this really talented, young, blonde-haired child being belayed by her father, and it was none other than Shauna Coxie, who is now in this final round, and Charlie Bosco is is uh, talking about her on, on commentary. So, yeah, fun little anecdote. So that's it for the first boulder. On to boulder two. The men are on a steep overhang. They're working up some yellow slopers. It also entails using the arete higher up. It's pretty powerful. Uh, Fanny G. Bear calls it pretty powerful. Uh, definitely really shouldery in the lower section. Martin Stranick gets up this boulder to start things off. It takes him four attempts, I think. But that's it. Nobody else can make make much progress on it. So it's it's kind of initially you think oh oh everybody's going to cruise this. Well, they they don't. Um, just Martin, the women's boulder, again uses the arete. It's quite quite the theme early on here. They hook a right foot onto the arete and then they lean leftward for a pinch. And if they can release that foot that's on on the arete, then they can spring and kind of latch onto another pinch with their other hand. Again, it's Shauna Coxie and Melissa Leneve with the tops. So, at the halfway point of the round, it's the two of them, Shauna Coxie and Melissa Leneve, easily leading the women's field. They're actually, the two of them are pretty close in the scores. Melissa flashed the first boulder and Shauna flashed the second boulder. So, good little battle going on there between the two of them. And it is Jorg Verhoeven who leads the men's division. He has a, a top and a zone. A couple other guys, Martin Stranick, who we mentioned, Alexei Rubstov, they also have a top. So we'll just have to keep a close eye on on all of those men going forward into the, the rest of the round. Boulder 3, for the men, it starts with a dynamic swing. It's a slab, but the men try to kind of trot along and balance on a cheetah volume. And then from there, they stop their momentum and lean into a dihedral and just move up the up the dihedral and jump to the top pink hold 
All the moves are pretty cool visually, especially when the men are high up in that dihedral and they're eyeing the pink finishing hold. But overall, the boulder is probably a little easy. Every man tops it, so it doesn't really shake up the scores all that much, certainly not at the very top of the field. The women's boulder is a leftward progression on some black slopers. Really hard, like, upward press position to start. It's interesting because most of the women get to the zone, but if they don't top this boulder on their flash attempt, then they don't top it at all. Case in point, the only tops come from Shauna Coxie and Megan Mascarenas, both of which were flashes. So with that, Shauna Coxie edges a little bit ahead in the scores as she's now the only woman with tops on all three boulders so far. But below her, Melissa Laneve, she didn't top this boulder, but she's still still in the mix. She's still got two tops. And as we said, Megan Mascarenas is in the mix too. So here's the final boulder. The men are on an overhang again, working up some jagged black volumes it's a pretty minimal block. There's actually a really tiny left-hand crimp pretty high up that looks like it's really easy to dry fire off of. I think overall this boulder is just too much to ask this late in the round. None of the men can get through the sequences. None of the men can get up this boulder, although many of them do flash to the zone. The women, on the other hand, they're on a slab, and the real crux for them seems to be getting to a standing position on a big blue sloper. This sloper looks nasty. It actually looks like it's quite chalky, too. Just a really unpleasant place to try to find some solid foot friction. Like the men's boulder, this one is just a little overcooked. I I don't think, though, unlike the men, I don't think this women's boulder, I don't think it's it's a matter of muscle fatigue from the women that causes a lot of them to get stymied because it is a slab. I think it's just that sloper is too nasty to get any good foot on. Most of the women flash to the zone, but nobody tops this one, and that's how the round closes. So the podiums here at Mayringen end up looking like this. The men's division, Alexei Rubstov of Russia wins the gold. He had two tops and a zone. That that last zone is important. Martin Stranick of the Czech Republic gets the silver. He had two tops as well, but separated from Rustov by that zone. Jorg Verhoeven of the Netherlands takes the bronze. He had a top. The women's division, Shauna Coxie of Great Britain, three tops for a gold medal. So she's picking, picking up right where she left off at the end of the previous season. Melissa Leneve of France takes the silver medal. She topped two of the boulders. And Megan Mascarenas of the USA takes the bronze medal. She had a top. Since we talked a bit about Yanya throughout this round, I'll note that she finished in fifth place. She managed to snag a zone on those last two two boulders. All in all, this is a bit of a peculiar comp, or at least a, a bit of a peculiar final round. On the one hand... There's a lot of great stuff to it, and a lot of history, too. Charlie Bosco starting on commentary, Yanya Garnbrett starting on her path on the bouldering circuit, Shauna Coxie continuing to rule this circuit. But on the other hand, there's not a lot of separation of the field throughout all the boulders. 
It's kind of disappointing to be shut out from a top in both the men's and women's division on the final boulders. However, I do think the fact that this comp and this round does hold so much weight in bouldering World Cup heritage because of Yanya Garnbrett's appearance here in the finals as a 17-year-old, I just think that kind of saves it a bit and makes it relevant and enjoyable for a rewatch, even if it does have a little bit of that lackluster separation at certain points. So that's all from Meringen. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time for another episode of Past Podiums. Real quick before we get out of here, thanks again for listening. Also, thanks to Audio Coffee for doing the music. And if you want to go back and watch the round that we just talked about, you can find it on the International Federation of Sport Climbing YouTube channel. See you next time.